to the door with you. The air was cold, but something about it felt like home somehow. And I left my scarf there at your sister's house. And you. Hello, friends, ladies, gentlemen, and otherwise. My name is Noah Tarno. You are listening to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. This is that good old familiar podcast in which two mid-40s curmudgeons bravely, boldly stare down the prospect, the reality of their entertainment irrelevance. Uh, As I mentioned, my name is Noah Tarno. I am your co-host. Greetings. I am the founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. Here I am in San Francisco, California, and joining me through the magic of the series of tubes known as the internet. Say hello, my friend. My voice is being carried to you by magnets and vacuums, Noah. Yes, magnets I, and vacuums. My name is Bill Scurry. I'm the founder and proprietor of something called American Caesar Enterprises, which, by the way, Noah, this week is the uh, European Union's largest reseller of Von Dutch mesh trucker ball caps. <laughs> Von Dutch. Oh, so Von Dutch is that brand. Yes, and people wear trucker caps. What is Von Dutch? What do they sell? Uh, no, Von Dutch is... I Just think hats? I think it's defunct. It's really weird. I was reading about this because I'd heard the reference again. If you remember when uh, Ashton Kutcher was on Punk'd, he, yeah. he was the guy... He was wearing these the cheap-looking Von Dutch... Right, they were trucker ball- hats. Trucker hats. Exactly. So Von Dutch was the brand... Is that just a fashion brand? Or was it like, did they sell something else and... No, it was it, it was be a, like wearing like a coke hat or well, I mean, it became this thing was like you know Paris Hilton wore one and it right. wound up being this. No, this I remember, I remember yeah. the trucker hat phase. I remember that. It was Absolutely. so dumb. It was so dumb. But it was based on this thing. This uh, this guy named uh, Von Dutch was the guy's uh, uh, his handle. He was like this antisocial Los Angelino. I think he died in 1992. He started the brand, uh, and it turns out that he was like a horrible racist. And an antisocial guy. And his job was that he did industrial design. He, like, pinstriped cars. He was almost like an outsider artist a little bit that started this business that took off after he died. Uh, but he was a real terrible person. And I think that it all fell out of favor when somebody actually said, hey, have you looked into who this guy was? Like, you're putting his name all over everything. And he was like, he was like a real reprehensible Los Angelino. But it was just a fashion brand. It's not like it was a company selling something else, Von Dutch. It was a fashion brand. Correct, yes. I, I still remember in uh, when I went to summer camp, I was probably only like 11 years old, and the kid at camp who wore a baseball cap, not all the time, but a lot, that said Metamucil on it. It was like, so you know, it was the Metamucil company gave away, you know, swag, as many companies do. And for some reason, for a while, they gave away a baseball cap that said Meta, had the Metamucil logo on it. And an 11-year-old kid wearing a Metamucil hat. It was just so bizarre. Again, it's very random. It's like none of those things match. Like, I, don't, I don't quite understand. Like, why would Metamucil... Hey, people will wear Metamucil on their hat, but an 11-year-old. <laughs> this might be a false memory. Maybe this was a dream. I can picture the kid. I want to live in a world where this is true. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to believe this. All right, maybe, maybe. So... Our topic today, we always look at something that's hot and big, and we're and we're looking at something that um, I guess this has been a big thing the last eight days, nine days, released November twelfth, uh, twenty twenty one. Yeah, we're, we're you know what? An, we are usually way behind the curve. I think this is the perfect topic for the show at pretty much the right time. Sometimes we're right on the curve. This is this is this works. So you're right. Uh, we're looking at a new musical release album called Red Parenthetical. Taylor's version and the Taylor in question is a 31 year old woman you know her you might love her Taylor Allison Swift uh, who by the way you might know her from a 2019 episode of I don't get it the pop culture get off my long cast where Taylor Swift was our topic so I guess this is the closest thing we've ever done to revisiting a topic although we kind of did that last week with our 200th episode spectacular it was all revisitations yes all revisitation. So we're on the revisitation kick. So uh, cast your mind back, folks, to the summer of 2019 when the world was younger and more innocent. And we talked about Taylor Swift, and we did make mention of um, she had recently entered into a conflict with a businessman named Scooter Braun, who, uh, through various machinations, had purchased her old back catalog of albums. And, of course, I don't think I need to tell you Taylor Swift is one of the most popular pop music singers of the past 15 years. 
So this guy, Scooter Braun, owned her first six albums, the master tapes, and Taylor was unhappy about that for a variety of reasons. And, um, oh, by the way, Bill, did you know that Taylor Swift is the great, great, great grandniece of Jonathan Swift? No, I, I guess it makes stands to reason, though. Right, right. That is not true, and I made the same joke when we did this episode in, about her in 2019. Anyway, um, just wanted to see if you're Did you know that she invented the Swift boat that John Kerry was on? She did. She did invent that boat, and uh, she invented the Swiffer as well. That's true. So, uh, I, I can back that up. I'm getting off topic. Yes, this is a podcast. We digress. So she was not happy with Braun owning her album, so she said she had the intention of re-recording those first six albums so that she would own it all, so that she would have the content, so that if someone wanted to license the music, they would have to come to her or could come to her rather than Braun and his, you know, his toadies and factory of money-making non-artists. Uh, and I think people were a little dubious that that would actually happen. But earlier this year, she released the first of those, uh, which was uh, the Fearless Taylor's version that came out in April. And then just uh, November 12th, she released Red, Taylor's version, a new version of her 2012 album, Red, which I, I believe among Swifties is considered her masterpiece. And this album is getting great reviews, breaking every record. My old friends at Rolling Stone magazine gave it a perfect five out of five stars. Uh, Pitchfork spotlighted it. Pitchfork didn't even deign to review Red when it first came out. It has broken every Spotify record to the top of the charts. Um, it consists of 20 songs from Red, re-recorded, mostly sounding almost exactly the same, a couple re-inventions, re-arrangements, plus uh, 10 more tracks. A uh, charity single she released about 10 years ago is included here. A couple songs she wrote for other artists she's recorded her own versions of, and six new songs. And the centerpiece of the album is a extended 10-minute version of a song that appeared on Red called All Too Well. And not only has she done that 10-minute version, but she directed a 15-minute short film music video of this starring uh, Dylan O'Brien, an actor I hadn't heard of, and Sadie Sink, who I know from, she's the redhead from um, <clears throat> Stranger Things. And uh, she worked, she did the 10-minute version on Saturday Night Live last Saturday night. The whole 10 minutes. SNL gave her 10 minutes with the video playing in the background. Uh, so everyone's talking about this. Everyone loves this. She's taking control of her music. Uh, also, there's a song on one of the new songs, I Bet You Think About Me, which is currently a big hit on country radio. So, Bill, I think our topic is Red Taylor's version, but you've told me you focused mostly on the all-too-well video and song. So what do you think of this phenomenon? What do you think of this album? What do you think of this song? What do you think of Taylor, you know, two years, two and a half years after we first talked about her? Well, my opinion of her hasn't changed. I, do, I think this is a pivot point for her, though, which is why, you know, to, we don't need to go about her career again because I don't necessarily think her career is much different. And she personally seems to be somewhat in the same place as she was when we talked about this in 2019. Other than the fact that, yes, we could, we did not know that she would actually go through with the re-recording, uh, making new masters, essentially which is the redefinition. So the old stuff would be um, not necessarily the preferred version of these songs going forward, and these would become the canon of her career. But I do think that this um, song, this 10-minute song, uh, and the 15-minute uh, short film that sprang out of it is is a pivot point. That, I think, is kind of what's worth focusing on, because that's what's different. Um I mean, I read a bunch of things about her this time, and, and uh, I saw some interviews with her, you know, obviously watched the Saturday Night Live uh, piece that she did last week, and I watched the video, of course, um, and I looked a little bit into the making of the video, who were the different hands involved with it. She really understands how the music industry works. She apparently is a great songwriter. I mean, it, it sounds like I don't like her songs. Apparently, yeah, I, I like how you say apparently. Is yes. you've listened to a dozen of her songs and you say apparently she's a great songwriter. I, I, I like they, they seem very confident. They seem like a lot of people yeah. love them. I don't like the songs myself. That doesn't make them yeah. bad. It's just that they are completely not anything I would ever listen to unless we did something what like this. What kind of American are you? You say you don't like something, and you say that doesn't make it bad. That's Come on, true. Man. Yeah, you got me with that one. You damn Vulcan logic. Uh, but it, I mean, I I appreciate her as a person. You know, we've gone over this from the 2019 show. No no need no need to recapitulate that. Um, but I think she's watched other people who are um, in her bracket. 
in terms of entertainment become polyhyphenates. Uh, you know, Beyonce's career changed a number of times along the way, but it really, when she made Lemonade, uh, something else happened. You know, that, that really was a change because it was her doing something different than what she did in her career. And granted, she'd already done a number of different things in her career. But turning into, um, you know, this sort of art director, you know, and people made Lemonade for her, but Lemonade was this statement of purpose. And by the way, it's worth noting that the production... People made Lemonade for her, but she made her own Kool-Aid. Yeah, that's true. This, you might, maybe we can call this, um, this is Taylor Swift, Arnold Palmer, we can call it, uh, or something like that, an iced tea. Uh, By the way, the the, uh, production uh, designer for Lemonade was this guy named Ethan Tobman that she brought in uh, on this. Um, you know, it's like she found, Taylor Swift found some people, the person who actually uh, shot it was this photographer named Rena Yang, who has been working with all kinds of buzzy acts over the years, too. You know, it's like she has this access to people who are firing at high levels in, in terms of music entertainment, um, videos and different forms of things like that, advertising. So she had her pick of co- uh, collaborators. But I think her deciding to direct something larger, granted, I think she said she's done music videos in the past, but this is something, this is not, quite, she calls it a short film. Let's be fair. Uh, what this is, is uh, a long play. It's not too different yeah. from what Michael Jackson was doing in the 80s. It, it's shorter than Thriller. Yeah. It's and they're sh- going to yeah. sell the video, the making of the Taylor Swift All Too Well video. They're going to sell that VHS tape at Burger King. Yeah, right. Precisely. Do you remember that? Do you remember Burger King had a promotion like buy a Whopper and for five bucks you get my, the making of I Thriller? Do, no, I do not remember that at all. That yeah, is that is too much so in the annals. Weird. So weird. So this isn't something that hasn't been done before. I mean, plenty of people have done things like this for sure. I mean, everybody has... I mean, Christ, wasn't uh, uh, Lady Gaga was up there with uh, Marina Abramovich doing weird bullshit, running, running around painting herself blue, uh, uh, whatever weird uh, avant-garde things. This is not unusual. But, um, I mean, Taylor Swift has been in this lane so far of being, you know, a pretty tidy pop artist where she makes... A consistent art all throughout and you know i mean maybe i mean we're going to get to the the whole you know the interaction with the swifties uh down the line in one of our, our top uh, you know the later topics of our show here but i mean um watching the validation that she gets from her fans and uh, you know sometimes i kind of wonder you know she's talking in the in the seth myers spot she says oh the fans let me know exactly what they want and um it, you know i know that she's catered she's She's giving them the stuff that they want, but at the same time, also that I guess she's. But they're kind of calling the shot. I think that you know, if you have like the Swifties or the Beehive, you know, there is something to the gigantic conglomeration. The corporation of fans wind up becoming this extra thing, you know, where they're they're not just uh, you know willing passive album buyers. They feel like they're no, they're sending Jake Gyllenhaal death threats. I know because apparently, all too well is about him. Yeah, because that's really how you show your fandom with someone. You send a death threat. But so I, ex- I, I thought that this, so the, the, I mean, if I'm going to focus on all too well, um, it was very gauzily shot. It looks like um, there's a style of production. I'm not running it down, but that sort of MTV dramatic series is a very pretty, I mean, this is shot on 35 millimeter. Not that you can really tell when you watch it, but it's pretty. It has a handsomely bland, attractive people who are decent enough actors. This guy, Dylan, J- Dylan O'Brien, yeah. Uh, who is it's like okay you know I, I he looks like everybody he in fact he came out of MTV, yeah he does you know and yeah he look he looks very uh, I thought I actually think both he and Sadie Sink gave very good performances in that sure I like them both quite I mean, a bit the thing, but it's like, I, I don't know who he is but fine they, by me they they have right, such you know? a they have such a there's such a blandness to them there's such a middle of the road prettiness to the both of them and essentially i'm yeah. not i'm not calling them out because of course you know she was a fine actor i've seen i've barely seen this guy but i mean th- there is a look that is cultivated and now because um in order to make it in streaming in order to make it on tv in order to make it into youth culture there is such a fine little line of of what you can look like you can't be fat you can't look weird. I mean, even if it's even if you're, yeah. you know, you may be non-gender conforming, you may be not white. The thing is, you are still pretty and you are still thin yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and it's like there are no people who look weird or strange. You don't find Ernest Borgnine anymore. They're not making <laughs> these people. Honestly. <laughs> oh, they're making Ernest Borgnine. But they're you just doing. They're see not. Them on they're not allowed TV. in streaming. They're not allowed in I streaming. Mean, yeah. They're, they're, well, I I actually I think Sadie Sink is. I mean, she's thin and attractive, but. 
She doesn't look like everyone else. She you know? looks like everybody she's else. Like, I've seen you can I can point really out, you think so. She's I can a point very out, ginger ginger. I can point you know? out fifteen of her right now at the same. She right, she is fine. a cl- a clutch of actor who all look the same. I'm not, again. I'm not uh, saying that she's not a bad actor. It's like however I, yeah, the, the box the the box that you fit in is, has to be so narrow. There's still a prettiness thing where it's this this made to order you know blandness that that's who gets to do these things. I, I think that guy definitely has that. I think she looks a little bit out of the out of the box, but that's fine. Yeah. You, you can be wrong about that. Yes, sir. Uh, well, look, I, um, I I'm glad. You know, going back to what I said two years ago, uh, she, she's she seems smart. She seems like for an A lister, she seems like a decent human being. I mean, you know, she's a, she's a bit of a sellout. Like she she's done promotional campaigns with Starbucks and Walmart and some other evil evil some other unfortunate companies i've used both those companies in the past month uh you know she seems like a decent human being for someone of her level she seems smart and savvy and and good on her taking command of her art her career that's, that's huge. her, that's her huge. work yeah. her intellectual property i mean this is good this sets a, a good example um i really like the all too well video i think both of them give very good performances i think it's well directed i think one thing um I've always noticed about her work is it's very narrative. It's very, her songs achieve a trick of telling a story. And most times when pop songs really tell with, with detail and most time when pop songs tell stories with detail, they, they can come off as awkward. Um, and I think she has a way of doing it. That is less, that that is only occasionally awkward. <laughs> what a weird comparison, but you know who came to mind? <laughs> What songwriter came to mind was Neil Peart of Rush, mm-hmm. who was the lyricist for Rush. I just felt like he always had a talent for being able to tell a story with lyrics without it coming off as forced and awkward. So, yes, Taylor Swift and Neil Peart as as, uh, as songwriters from the same school of songwriting. Um, and I really – I do like that video. But but I I didn't really pinpoint this two years ago. This is some dull music. This is some really – Dull, dull music. It's very safe. It's uh, very safe. I, 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 people fucking, lo- the people seem to love her. People love her. <laughs> people think she's one of the greatest pop music artists of all time. Oh my God, she's a poet. She's this, she's that. I mean, look, I'm not offended the way I'm offended when people love just garbage. Like, I don't know, what's garbage? Britney Spears. And again, I'm glad Britney's free, but I think her music is just. It's, it's absolutely well, it, it was saccharine product. I mean, you know, it, it was like cheap right. calories, you know, it's empty calories. Ta- Taylor Swift's music is not bad, but it's just dull. And I listen to these songs and they just that uh, I know you think about me and the song that's on country, uh, the on country charts right now is just the same thing over and over again. It's so flat and uninteresting and just. You know, I listened to the old versions and the new versions, but I guess the point with some of these, you can't tell the difference. But one song that was called that is Girl at Home, another storytelling song. Uh, and the new version is sort of like electrode up a bit. And it's just, the difference is so like, it's it, it's it's barely above a, a, a pulse, you know? Um so just this is boring fucking music. And again, I'm not the audience. Who cares? But I just, I can't get fully on board. Fine. I'm glad she takes command over music and all that. Um, a couple things. One, kind of negative things. Uh, I'm worried about a backlash here. There's already been one. Uh, I read an article on The Verge that said, quote, before a standard contract that a, that a record company had with a, with a, with a artist uh, stated that an artist couldn't re-record their work for five years after their last deliver- delivered recording or two years after the end of their contract term, whichever is later. The new format, so the contracts are being revised, increases the time limit, time after recording to seven years and the time after a contract term to five years. So companies are reacting to this. I mean, this entire country, this entire planet is suffering from extreme backlash right now. Every time someone tries to strike a blow for justice in any form, I, I, I sometimes feel like the backlash makes the whole situation worse. We're definitely seeing that in the United States with racism and voting rights and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, good on Taylor, but if this makes it worse for everyone, we got a problem. And also, again, good on Taylor, but how many other artists could get away with this? How many other artists could get any backing 
to re-record six albums, to get on Saturday Night Live on the on you know hyping one of those re-recorded albums. Most record labels would say to the artist, "Get the fuck out of here! Give me something new." Yeah, she's not. She's not every. Yeah, she, there's one of she's her. She's not most artists, right? So this is sort of again the the corrosive American myth that you just need to you just need to want it badly enough. Well. And I'm not saying she hasn't worked her ass off, but there's a lot of privilege inherent in this blow for freedom that a vanishingly small number of people can take advantage of. And I know it's long gone and there was nothing else I could do. All right, Noah, let's drive into it. Why is this popular? I'll reiterate some of the things I said a few years ago. She has become the artistic avatar of millions and millions of young girls. I mean, the fact that she's able to, you know, relatively smoothly express very universal ideas in musically pleasant to most people. I mean, it's not unpleasant to me. It's dull. It's not unpleasant. Really makes her that avatar. And it's it's so... The things she's expressing are so universal that it's very easy for millions of people to glom onto this, especially millions of girls. You sent me this article... We got to bring this up from Rolling Stone online uh, saying, wondering if All Too Well is a response to the Don Henley hit from 1989, uh, Heart of the Matter. And it was quoting the songs. And it just that article is fucking reaching because both songs are perfectly fine songs, but they they're just there's they're not. I'm contradicting myself. Their narrative is kind of specific. They, they throw in some specific details, which is nice, but like the sentiments they're expressing are not at all uncommon, are not at all unique, are not at all strange. So the idea that the Taylor's responding to, you know, Donald Matthew Henley V um, is just <laughs> such a fucking stretch. And the writer, I don't know this writer, he knows it's bullshit and he, he doesn't have the conviction of his crazy idea. He keeps saying, I know it's crazy, but hear me out. I know it's stupid, but hear me out. Just it's just very universal ideas. So, yeah, millions and millions of young girls are going to glom onto her, and a lot of that's her doing. She's savvy. Uh, one thing we haven't brought up yet is she started out in the country world. She moved to the pop world, but she could still straddle the line. Hence this this new song um, being all over country radio. You know, she she has credibility in both worlds. Um, and then of course the re-recording her album is the is the perfect American underdog story. The little guy is fighting back. Yes, the little guy is an A-list celebrity with tens and hundreds of millions of dollars who's in promotional relationships with Starbucks and Walmart. Like, that is the most America 2021 story. We 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 root for the little guy who is, you know, has more power than... A behem- it's a behemoth, yeah. A pop, pop steamroller right. of which there's and, no parallel. And my country... My, my life sucks, but a but a, a narcissistic billionaire is going to save me. I mean, it's the most American thing in the world to like, you know, even our heroes have to be, you know, already on the top of the heap and in some way pushing us down. Uh, it's just, it's so stupid. Um, so yeah, this is a no-brainer why it's popular. Yeah, I mean, I, it's the easy thing for me is that, um, granted, she has a lot of fans on a lot of different things, but she's got the Swifties. I mean, if you get to the point yeah. where your fan base... But why does she have the Swifties? You know? Well, I mean, the Swifties is because um, every once a generation, I suppose, uh, there becomes uh, somebody who gets a clutch of fans that they're not just fans, they're, well, like the word fan is derived from fanatic. And depending on, where, depending on where that comes from or what the art is, it reflects itself differently. So, uh, you know, at one point, if you went back to, you know, fanzines in the 70s and 80s, people who were making fan-made, pre- you know, um, about movies and or actors or sports teams or whatever kind of loony thing that they were engaged in in their house, it was, you know, pretty hermetic and it looked like they were sealed shut-ins. You know, it just became a mania. But, I mean, you know, we look where we jump to now. I mean, Taylor Swift, is, there's only one of her. She's at the apex of, of her game. My guess is that... I, I don't say this lightly. She's going to turn into the next Bruce Springsteen. Um, not not the kind of music, but I think the longevity and I think the uh, fa- the fever oh, that the fans that's not that's not good. That's not good. Well, good or not, it's it's my I'm guess biased, but that's not. It's good. what's evident. Um, so the thing is, it's like whatever Taylor Swift gives you is going to be. It's going to go over big time. The question is, when does it become? How big does it get? 
And I mean, this for all we know now is as big as big gets at the moment. You know, like the album and and the you know the novelty of her saying, "Well, now I'm a director. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna push into this thing." I see her like Bo Burnham doing a feature in a few years. I no doubt in my mind. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. She's gonna direct the feature. Absolutely. This is this is. Uh, I think Bo Burnham is thousand times more interesting than taylor swift is again he is she seems like a decent human being she's certainly talented she's very savvy and very hardworking. but she she is uh he's he's so much more yeah but i'm not i'm not you know i'm not going to dispute that it's just the thing is that she's got this wherewithal now that she can do whatever she wants and apparently she wants to be a visual storyteller uh, Does and, she? Yeah. Has well, she said that? This is why I mean, she, this is an awful personal story that's that she what was telling. Mean, what this, this means. This is her stab at doing direction, and it's like this is a, this is a warm up for maybe. a feature. I guarantee you, it's coming. Yeah. You know, just it's just a matter. I still have a bet from someone who's who's guaranteed me that at some point Justin Timberlake will win an Oscar for acting. Uh, I guess it could happen. So by, I'm going to put that there by the age of fifty. Yeah. Um, you know the, the 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 you know there's the part like. Yeah, maybe it's chicken and egg, right? Of course, we're talking about the Swifties, love it. And so it becomes this big thing. And it was, she was on a media rampage for the last week doing all the talk shows in New York City, doing all the interviews, talking about uh, being on Saturday Night Live and doing the show-stopping 10-minute version of this. Uh, she did Myers. Uh, she did all these things. You know, uh, the, the she still seems like the the origin of the art is the same as it was when she was a kid. And you could take this many different ways if you want, but it's like she is writing uh, about every minute detail in her life, turning them into pop dirges. Now, I'm not saying that they sound like dirges, but they are incredibly operatic, melodramatic things based on essentially small a three-month relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal. She's, she's, spun, yeah, she's, yeah. she's spun into a decade of content. A decade of content. It's amazing. No, it's not. All too well is about Jake Gyllenhaal, but she's dated... Six other Jake okay, Gyllenhaal, but, but Jake Gyllenhaal, bland, white, handsome, yes. Pe- unoffensive people, guys. People have been fixated on Jake Gyllenhaal. He's he's got really. The, he's got, I don't think so. He's got the death sentence so. in four systems, like the guy said in the the, the, the cantina. Yeah, you know. Here's the big story, folks. Those who don't follow, all too well begins with something about I left a scarf at your sister's house, and people have pieced together that she left a scarf at Maggie Gyllenhaal's house, sure. Jake's sister. Yeah, and now people are like sending notes to Maggie, give back yeah. the scarf, yeah. give. The, who gives? Because Taylor can't afford a new scarf. Yeah, I, and you know, so the the movie is like I said, blandly shot, well done. It's handsome in a very anonymous, in, yeah. in, 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 I I, I was surprised how much I liked that. I did. it's definitely my favorite piece of Taylor Swift art. Uh, maybe so. <laughs> maybe, but... she, maybe she should direct a film. I'd rather watch a movie she directed than listen to one of her albums. You were being weird and quiet the entire time. I was not being weird because you wouldn't yes, look you at me. Oh, you can ask me one thing the entire night. Such bullshit. That's such bullshit. So, Bill, is there any universe in which you, as a young man, would would be excited about the Taylor re-recording phenomenon, Red Taylor's version, the All Too Well video, you know, uh, uh, 85 minutes of Saturday Night Live's 90 minutes being dedicated to her <laughs> on a stage with a guitar, a movie screen behind her. Uh, you know what? She she is a striking pop star. I mean, she looks the package. She she is all sylph like. Honestly, she looks gorgeous. The straight hair. Uh, she is uh, altogether in as good a position uh, when you look at her as as she's ever been, and maybe as anyone has ever been too. Um, you know, so she looks the part for sure. I mean, she's looked the part for a long time now. Um, but no, when I was a kid, uh, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, maybe I said this in our original 1929 podcast, but I think I've said this in a number of podcasts that we've done where things that exalt the, the life of a young person, things that exalt the growing pains of being a teenager and presumably one would become, they would graduate into their twenties and that stuff kind of fades away a little bit. You get out of the teenage years and you grow up and you become more of a cynical adult with a thicker skin. Uh, but I always know that, that our art loves to keep coming back to the travails of young adult, not even young adulthood, but like adolescence mm-hmm. into young adulthood. And, you know, you will never go broke if you're making shows for 13-year-old girls. Uh, that is yes. that is that is an industry, that is a, re- a white-hot engine that is just overclocked and kicking out new stuff every single minute. Um, 
And, you know, that always really turned me off because when we were kids, and, you know, we've always disagreed about this, but I always felt like this, my life is extremely small. And it's true. I did not have girlfriends. I didn't date. I didn't do all the things that kids customarily did. There was no drama. I didn't relate to any of it. Also, I, I, I would look at the art and say, how is any of this something you want to watch this? It's like this is so transient. It has it has no register and there's no sense of proportion to it. And so wait, 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 wait. You're, so you were like, why would you watch this? You didn't watch tons of garbage when you were a kid. Uh, I recognized it was garbage, but I didn't know where the good stuff was. I was waiting. It's like, where, where's something better than this garbage? Honestly, I the music sounded right, cloying. But... The, the TV, like the, anything about the life of a teenager, always seemed like it was really insipid, and it seemed like it was uh, condescending. You know, it was condescending and a little, uh, uh, you know, demeaning. That like we're we're elevating the American teenager to this this feeble status where all of culture is about them. Uh, it's the origin point, the soil for which adults grow. And We've been doing this since the 50s, man. This I is know. one thing the baby boomers, uh, we've actually been able to maintain since the height of the I baby know, and it's, and it's, I mean, it's, I'm not saying there hasn't been piece, good, good pieces of art about it. It's just, it is very fleeting and there's way more stuff than there is stuff worth seeing. Um, I mean, that's a long way of saying no. Uh, you know, I could look at her now and I could appreciate the person. I mean, especially now that she's 31. She's she's a different organism than she was when she popped on the scene. And even, you know, the other stuff, the last time we looked at her, I mean, she, you know, she's she, she says different things. She speaks differently. She looks differently. She moves differently. I mean, you know, you can just tell that, um, you know, you, you see the kind of evolution she's made as a person and how difficult it must be in the spotlight you know, that she has in particular, that that glare has to be so hot uh, from all the fans that she has to please. And the freaking machine around Taylor Swift Incorporated is, it, and she's running, it's all on her back. That's a crushing amount of pressure. Um, but that, that's how I see it now as an adult. As a kid, I just would have liked, this is all just folderol. This is stuff that's like, who wants to, I don't care about a relationship. How important could this relationship we had for three months back in 2012 like this is worth a decade of stuff. You're just going to keep making money, and 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 kids are just going to get panting into breathlessness in concerts and threaten to throw up because they're so excited that she's performing these songs in front of her, uh, in front of them. I, but, you know, but people are that way. See, this is you again having no soul, perhaps because, yeah, because this is what people do with music. I mean, this is why people scream and cheer at rock concerts and love musicians. I mean, you know, we talk so much about these bullshit celebrities that people love and worship and we don't understand why but music i understand why you know i'm very critical of people who wear like supreme right we talked about supreme people wear brands you're basically saying i am a tool i am paying someone to advertise for them i feel that way about a lot of sports teams right but music i don't criticize i don't criticize when someone has a rock star on their shirt if someone has a taylor swift shirt i don't criticize that because those people are artists and music reaches you on such a deep level you have no soul because you don't understand that. Well, what about what about her as a kid? I mean, this is not your sound, so I don't even think no, that you would. No, I wouldn't would, like but... this, but I'd like other things. You're telling me you would like you like nothing as a kid. But you keep my old scarf from that very first week. Noah Tarnow, tell me about the apocalypse. Do you see anything horrific in the, uh, the, the this particular phase of Taylor Swift's career at the moment? Uh, no, because as much as I don't like this music and think it's dull it's at worst, at worst harmless. And, and I get why people like it. I, again, I'll, I'm sorry to trash Britney Spears. She's got bigger problems than me, but I, I much prefer people like Taylor Swift and so much other, you know, girl pop out there. I mean, even let's talk about some other topics we looked at Billie Eilish or someone like that. Like, I mean, she gets it some things that need to be talked about, but I think Taylor's just, just more talented and, and more honest uh, but you know, we before we got on mic, we compared a recent topic, Lucy Dacus, who's kind of of the same ilk, you know, singer song, diary guitar, rock, guitar, a diary rock, yeah. confessional, diary rock, good term there. I, I'd rather Lucy Dacus be the A list, multi zillion dollar, you know, pioneer for artist rights than Taylor Swift. But look, maybe you gotta sand down those edges to get you probably do to get as big yeah, as Taylor does. Yeah, and she, the so, thing is, she, she knew exactly which right. edges to sand down. She's yeah, really savvy she, no, about very, these things. Look, hey, very, very smart. I give her, you know, I, I want to be clear here. She's worked hard. She's smart. You know, you said the life's got to be insane. Like, she's good at managing things. Like, I give her a ton of credit. My my problem is with the actual product, yeah. not 
so <laughs> so maybe you have to. Well, she is a bit of a sellout, but whatever. I'd probably be at her in her level too. Uh, so maybe Taylor. You know, we couldn't. We can't get Lucy Dacus at that level. We Taylor's the best we can do, and that's that's all right. It's better than it could be. Um, so no, not apoc- the, the apocalypse I see is, I mentioned this before the backlash, you know, if every time someone strikes any blow for, you know, and there's a feminist thing here too, right? That she's, you know, Scooter Braun, the, the, the guy who makes zillions of, you know, white guy who makes zillions of dollars just by moving money around these, these parasites, these literal parasites on culture and American government and the tax system. Uh, that, you know, this, this blonde girl, strawberry blonde girl can, can, you know, fight back against her. I I just worry about all the shit, the backlash, it'll just make things worse. And now everyone who ever wants a record deal will have to sign a contract basically saying, yes, I am now legally a slave, you know, like how bad can it get? Pretty fucking bad. So I worry about that, but you know, there's, there's no progress without a struggle, I guess. You know, fight, fight, the, fight the power. Fight as Taylor wrote on her first album. Fight the, pa- fight the power. Fight the powers that be. She wrote. She said, 911, Where's the late crown?" Uh, on her second yeah. album. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. No, Elvis might have been a hero to some, but he was never a hero to me. That was Taylor Swift. That was Taylor Swift. She, you really don't know where she was. Uh, she did a lot of guest songwriting yeah. over the years. It's true. Yeah. Well, that's right. I, I don't think. No, I don't, I don't think there's an element of the apocalypse here. And it's funny because you know the Scooter Braun thing. If you were to think, well, okay, the arguably the biggest co-biggest pop star of the moment uh the person with all this money and power and sway and adulation what is the one thing that you can cast i mean i i like the way you put it is intriguing when you said that um how do you turn that into an underdog story somehow and it's like well there is one narrative where she was turned the scooter braun thing is the one thing that she wanted that she couldn't have you know that's the rosebud the sled was the ownership of her, (laughs) her her masters and that that became the story is really savvy. I mean, that is that rather than just talk about the fact that she hangs out with her friends in Haim or Haim, whatever they are, you know, like she, she lives an extremely gorgeous, wealthy jet set life with all the privilege in the universe. You know, she owns a fleet of F-16 fighter jets. I don't know what the hell she does with her money, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's like, and yet the story is what she doesn't own. The story is what was withheld from her. The story is who's the bad guy keeping her down. And I, you know, that, that is, um, you know, it becomes this thing where it's like, well, the, the, all the thousands and the tens of thousands and the millions of Swifties don't have a Scooter Braun in their life, but they have somebody and or something. Yeah, totally. Someone telling them what to do, someone yeah. controlling their life, yeah. Yeah. someone taking their a, a system, personal a corrupt system. thing yes. away from... Yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. totally. So it's... Look, it's a very... but. So few people can do this. Yeah. So few, which is even why so few successful musicians could do this. Yeah, this, that's why this is cathartic for the fans, is because they feel like she's winning it. She's got a blow. I mean, that's that's you know. I mean, no, that's that's what I'm saying. That's not just not the apocalypse, but it's um, it's a it's a powerful lesson. I think it's another uh, reinforcement of this thing. The reason why people make parasocial avatars out of people like Taylor Swift is because they get to be larger than life combatants. They get to be Greek gods constellations in the sky you know where where you know they're going through something huge saying that anything is possible if, if taylor swift can beat back the hordes of uh, xerxes and uh, uh at the hot <laughs> gates then you know we could do something smaller but it is possible to push back you know this time around i get to really i get to do things that i know they wish i would have done the first time that's really because cool. i'm always listening and i'm always lurking <laughs> And I'm, I'm always listening to their opinions and their theories and what, the, you know, they'll, they, they will let me know which songs should have been singles. Yeah. They let me know which songs did not get videos and should have gotten videos. Bill, is there any element of Taylor Swift, her re-recording project, All Too Well, the All Too Well video, the Swifties phenomenon, the Swift Boat phenomenon, the Jonathan Swift phenomenon. Swift bank code for wire transfers. Swift yes. bank codes, the Swift bird uh, when it's diving, being one of the fastest creatures on Earth. Uh, I believe it's the peregrine falcon yes. when it's diving. Yes. It's the fastest yes. creature on Earth. Uh, you know, is there any Swiffer, Swiffer wet, Swiffer dry? <laughs> is there any? First time I tried to use a Swiffer. I didn't understand you had to put a pad on it. So it was just pushing the little rubber mat along the floor. Um, I can be pretty dumb sometimes. Um, 
any element of the Taylor of Taylor Swift and ta- Red Taylor's version and, and all too well that you're jealous of. Yeah, man, you know, it's it's a cascading series of jealousies because, um, you know, going from her being a pop culture curiosity when she's 16 years old, um, you know, this country crossover, all, you know, knock-kneed, gangly legs, blonde, little girl-looking thing that comes out. And I don't give a shit about the music, but it's like, oh, this is the most recent version of this job. This person who is a sensation, a, a beautiful young white thing from Nashville crosses over and it could have been Reese Witherspoon as an actor. It could have been Britney Spears as a singer. You know, they, they, they make these they make a lot of these. And it's like I, I couldn't really buy into it at the beginning because it's not for me. But again, what she's transformed into and she very much is doing a good job of selling the idea that these are her ideas the directions mm-hmm. the the style i mean i i i think she comes by it honestly i believe her. And you don't no 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 i'm saying it, I'm, I'm just putting it out there it's like you know, it's like you have a huge foundation there's a gigantic skyscraper filled with just uh taylor swift incorporated you know there's just people working day and night eating lunch at their desks to keep the lights on yeah. to keep the direction going yeah. i'm just yes, saying Sarah. but it's like it's incredible uh, I mean, just to kick back what you said before about the credit you give her, that's what I'm doing now is to say that um, she seems to be good at pop star. She seems to be great at pop star. It's amazing because we've seen so many people who are talented artists and shitty businessmen. And we've seen people who are yeah. shitty business people. Like me. <laughs> or people who are good business people, but, but talentless hacks. And, you know, yeah. to strike a, dis- a balance between... Keeping, you know, that the fact that she's not running around with the bloodshot, bloodshot eyes and, you know, red nostrils looking like she's just wasted from a weekend. No. Charlie yeah. Sheening it somewhere in some weird island yeah. doing fucked up I, shit. I think her vice is is dating. Yeah. I don't say losers because these guys are good looking and successful, but like. Yeah, they're cats. Drips, they're I would say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, they're I mean, they're I, not monsters, but just she could she could probably do better. But again, the fact that she's got this vision. I mean, this this was the Bo Burnham thing, too. You know, I didn't bring him up for no reason earlier. It's like Bo Burnham has a vision. Bo Burnham puts this thing together, um, you know, between watching the movie and listen to the, the movie that he just made uh, uh, earlier this year uh, or the end of last year. No, it was earlier this year. Um, you, you see what, this, what movie is that? I don't. I don't remember that. This is uh, the Inside movie that he made, the one where he made in, in isolation in the in the attic in Los Angeles. I I didn't hear about that. Oh, okay. I anyway, watch that. Okay. But uh, but it's like you know you, the vision for this thing. It's like it is really seamless. If she's not doing everything, she's got the right people helping her to do exactly what it is she set out to do. That's amazing. And I mean, yes, of course. I would take a little bit of that, a little bit of vision. I have no vision. Uh, the drive, and it's like my drive isn't nearly so. She's obviously, she is exhaustive. You know, everything she does is just about the best version of the way it could be done. I mean, she looks incredible. She sounds incredible. She says the right things. Her fans love her. And it's like, that is so hard to maintain. And yeah, yeah it's really yeah. hard. It's really hard not to be jealous of just someone who. Yeah, had. I mean, is, is it possible that the, the walls will cave in and that the bottom will fall out and she'll just be, she's going to say, I can't do it anymore. I'm exhausted. It's too much concentration. It's possible. I mean, look at what happened to, um, what's her name? Simone Biles in the Olympics, right? A lot of people at that level can't uh, Yeah, can't I mean, it. and there's a difference between uh, Taylor Swift is of the, the last of the old guard and Simone Biles is part of the new guard where they're, they're allowed to revel in their vulnerability and their humanity. And I mean, Taylor Smith, not that everything about her is the, the the projection of vulnerability, but that's like she quite literally is indomitable. You know, that's you can't beat her as a person. She will fight anyone in Mortal Kombat and put them to the damn ground. <laughs> uh, Simone, Simone Biles, though, will be the best Olympian in the world and then say, I can't do this. And she gets celebrated as a hero for it. You know, those it's there's there's a lot of themes. That's a good point that you bring up Simone Biles. But um, yeah, I, I think that Taylor Swift is almost like the last of the iron Men, iron people, whatever you want to call it, you know. Uh, like, the last. I mean, I bet if we thought about it, we could find other people well, who would I, like I her think, now. I but. think that that the dawn. It's, it's the not the dawn. It's the dusk of that kind of all-encompassing iron person. You know what I'm saying? I think that the the next generation is going to be, uh, you know, like Billie Eilish, somebody who's just all about the on the unsanded edges. It's all about the stuff that she doesn't want to do, the clothes that she's not going to wear, the the image that she refuses to put out. Um, that's the next step. That's the person who's coming in the door after Taylor Swift. And I think we're looking at people who are going to be more human, um, you know, somehow more vulnerable. Maybe not as big, but certainly a sensation. I'd rather have that. I mean, I think the more honest in art, the better, right? As a general rule, you know, but 
again, you got to appeal to a lot of people, especially in this media ecosystem, and maybe Taylor's the best we can get, right? And hopefully over time, it won't be like Taylor will be too spiky and weird for the mainstream. I yeah. hope not. So what about you? Do you feel um, jealous you know, about it's, it? It's got to be a fucking robot. I mean, yeah, like all the reasons you said, how do you not be jealous, you know? And I, I'm just going to reiterate something I say that, that kind of sticks in my craw is this idea that only the, you know, oh, she's a hero and she's fighting the man and all that, but only the privileged few can make such bold moves on behalf of their art and still, you know, get a 10-minute segment on SNL. You know, probably two-thirds of the artists on the charts right now couldn't do this probably. No, that's true. Right? Yeah, you're right. You know, the record company would laugh at them or say no. I mean, they could do it on YouTube or something. But again, like, I don't know. I mean, they get crushed by whoever the Scooter Braun would be in that, in their version of the story. Um, so it's just, I don't know. I think... And this gets to the backlash. I think there is this insidious idea that, you know, it's the bootstrap thing. Anyone can do it if they want it enough. Well, you got to have a certain level of privilege to get to certain places, right? And I don't think people realize that. And I'm not, I don't want to accuse Taylor Swift of thinking, I did this myself, you know, no one helped me. I, I, I'm not going to impugn that on her. I see no evidence that she believes that. But, um, you know, just this idea that anyone can do it if they try it's just not true. It's just not true. Uh, I mean, I've I, I, I've had specific instances where I discover that in my life, and I have a lot of privilege, you know. Obviously, not as much as Taylor Swift, and I wouldn't say I'm as talented or as hard worker or as savvy. Certainly not as savvy as she is. But it's just I don't know this idea that anyone can do it if they try. It's just it's it it perpetuates the myth that you know there's there's a, any any time you fail, it's your fault. And that just that just ain't right, and it's not good. Yeah, it's pernicious. But I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm extrapolating. Who knows? But what I want to do now, no, is get into a comparative exercise between me and you, okay. and, and yes. all of the topics yeah. we put on the show. Again, yeah. two hundred and one now, Noah. You know, in a way, two hundred and one, baby. If yes, you woke, 201. If you woke up after but last the area weekend, code I grew up with in New Jersey, two hundred one. If you woke up after last weekend and couldn't get out of bed because yeah. you just say, you know what, all the worlds are conquered. What is left? You know, that's instead you got up and you, you <laughs> yes. dragged yourself through a week yes. and said, let's do episode two hundred and one. I'm the master of all I survey. Yes, yes. Uh, who was that? Ozymandias, or I forget who was it? Alexander the Great, or something like that. He wept. He wept because there were no more worlds worlds to conquer yeah that's something it. like that yes yeah, uh, i know my watchman yeah so uh let's let's talk about the fallopian felonian scale uh where fallopian farscapian the farscapian scale that's a new yeah. one farscapian farscapian yeah. the, uh so real simple here, you know channel show that no one talks about farscape okay, right good. Uh, there's reasons <laughs> yeah. uh so i you know just i i went easy here comparing taylor the red version. That's what it's called. Taylor the red version. Taylor the red. Eric the red. <laughs> Eric the uh, red. Ta- Taylor the red version. Was, red the uh, Taylor Bruce version. Bruce Willis and John Malkovich and Helen Mirren in red. In red. Uh, the first person I ever knew named Taylor had red hair. So I, I think of, I think of her here. Uh, anyone. Uh, anyone. Anyway. Comparing this to Taylor Swift in general, I say this is three fourths of the way on the scale to Taylor Swift. Uh, because I don't like this phenomenon as much. There's also, with the hindsight of two and a half years and reconsideration, I am reevaluating the music and finding it more, way more dull than I did. Especially since I feel like this is an opportunity for her to bust out and do something new and do something wild and do something innovative. And other than this video, I don't think she's doing it. And I don't like that the critics are saying she is. I'm like, no, this music's pretty fucking boring and she's not doing much with these tools. And also, I, 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 I'll go back to the selloutness of her. I mean, whatever. Maybe it's inevitable, but I, I can't love that. You know, Taylor. You know, my hero. Shop at Walmart. You know, it's just I don't know. It just <laughs> I, I, I wish we could get away from that. Maybe we can. You know, Taylor Swift. Brought to you by Monsanto. Well, <laughs> three, uh, three, quor- three quarters of Taylor Swift in general. That's that's my assessment. Taylor Swift is uh, advertising for what is it glyphosate now? The stuff, the, uh, the additive they put into fertilizer. Yeah, uh, the stuff. No, the stuff that the stuff they put in Subway bread that is yeah. also in yoga mats. Whatever that. <laughs> the little microplastic that you eat. Yeah, you go to Subway. Taylor Swift brought to you by microplastics. Well, this is fake. Whale's throat. 
this phase, this uh, piece of art, this this uh, thing, this package she's dropped on the world, the, the re-recorded album, you know, which you you, I mean, it's it, it's a variation on a theme. You know, granted, you probably heard most of the songs already, not in the form that she gave them to here, but you know, it's it can't really be a shock because it is a representation of something new. Nonetheless, she obviously is working at a very high level. She's giving the people what they want. You know, it's, it's, uh, what did I write? It's, I, I, I mean, I rank it in the middle of our pack because, I mean, there's, there's just nothing to recommend as a short film for me, uh, a music video to someone with, with, with my interests. Uh, and yet it still seems very well done. Uh, you know, we know it's a fucking fever. It's a craze. People love the shit out of it. And the adherents will talk about it breathlessly. And so, you know, I, I, it's not quite the same thing, but it really made me think of, no, of all things, Seth MacFarlane's The Orville. In terms of something that looks looks like, you know, I get it. I, 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 when I watched it, I understood the shape of what it did. It just completely fell off with me. It didn't mean anything. And people are, it's, there's, there are fewer people who love the Orville, but the thing is they love the Orville. And they are talking about how that is the official Star Trek series of the future. And the actual Star Treks that they're making don't count. But at least you have Seth MacFarlane's semi-dramatic comedy piss take on Fox, the Orville. It's a long way to go, but I'm saying is that I, I think it sits in the middle of the pack and, and I remember having the same feeling about that. And once we're done with this, I won't think of it again until probably in about six months when she does something else that we'll wind up talking about because it is either the next phase, it's a sensation, or it's a change where we won't just recapitulate the same conversation we've had now two times over her. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's a big enough star that I think... You know, if we're going to, like, revisit someone, another aspect of something, I think Taylor well, Swift makes sense. So I mean, she's she's one of the biggest entertainers of the past we talked about years, We talked about so. Montero, and we talked about Old, uh, what is it, Old Town Road. Oh, we did Old Town Road. We double-dipped. So we yeah, we, we double-dipped on yeah, him, you know? Yeah, and then, of course, we talked about things like TikTok and then TikTok phenomena yes. later, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. But. Taylor, Taylor, Taylor is worthy of that. She's, I think, she's you know? a, yeah, an insuage. As much as she, thing. she ain't my cup of tea. Yeah. All right, Noah. What I'm gonna right. do is uh, I'm, that's it. Buddy. I'm gonna take us home, even though I'm, I'm we're already home. Me and you, are, we're home already. But I'm gonna, we're, I'm gonna we're, take we're, home. we're home. Yeah, I'll take the show yeah. home. Where so we belong. If you'd like to find uh, one of any number of 200 episodes of the show, uh, please look on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us Noah and Bill Don't Get It at gmail.com. Go on the Do aggregator. Get it. Go on the aggregator and give us a review. That's what you should definitely do. Uh, I am on Twitter at William Scurry. I am on YouTube, youtube.com slash amcaesar. Uh, Noah will tell you where he can be found. Where I can be found. Yes. Uh, check out bigquizthing.com and learn about the big quiz thing, America's premier trivia game show spectacular for corporate and private events. Uh, booking, still booking for the holidays. Still some, some holiday bookings available, virtual and in person these days. Oh, in person is so much fun. Uh, and we're, start, we're booking a lot for 2022 as well. Uh, join our mailing list. Uh, get uh, fresh trivia content in your inbox every Monday morning. And uh, we're going to announce soon. We got uh, we got some public events coming to the Bay Area hosted by me. Uh, so, yeah, check out BigQuizThing.com. Okay, so until future episodes where we will most likely double dip on the topics of squishies and cup stacking. We, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2021.